0: It's Monday, November 20th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday morning Bible study, and today we are continuing our study on the gospel according to Luke, and we are so grateful to have Josh Caldwell, who is the international director of Lifeline Children's Services, and such a a godly man who leads our team with such wisdom, and today he is going to walk us through Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 20,
1: starting in verse 1. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being the governor of Judea, and Herod, being the tet- tetriarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetriarch of the region of Iturea, and Trachonitis, and Lacinus, tetriarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiphas the word of God came to the Son of Zechariah in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It is written in the book of the word of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that come out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to, to, from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came, came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do And he said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and what well shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming the strap of whose sandals. I am not worthy to unite. He will baptize you with the Holy spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod, the patriarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. Verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came to him from heaven. You are my beloved son who I am well pleased. Luke starts this chapter out with giving us some historical context to where the ministry of John the Baptist will be. And he talks about in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar and Pontius Pilate. He talks about Herod being the tetriarch over Galilee and his brother Philip. Uh, and then he talks about the priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. You know, Tiberius was an emperor known to be cruel. And Pontius Pilate was also renowned for his brutal massacre of Jewish people. And uh, the rulers from the family of Herod were also known for their corruption. And then it talks about Caiaphas and Annas. He sets up um, the religious leaders of that day and that Caiaphas was actually the high priest, a Sadducee who served as the high priest during the time of Jesus. But his father-in-law uh, was Annas. He was kind of like the patriarch of the family, a former high priest, but he still had great influence. So we continue on into verse two. We see it says the Lord... Uh, I'm sorry, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And if we look back in, into Luke chapter one and, and look back at verses 57 through 80, we are reminded of the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah. We're reminded of how great of, uh, of story this was and how, uh, John leaped when he heard Jesus and how Zechariah and Elizabeth wanted to name their baby John. Uh, and then in verse 76, it says, and you, the child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways and to give knowledge of salvation to his people. And uh, I love that because it just talks, it really gives us the picture from even inside the womb of that, that John the Baptist will go and he will preach um, and tell the people about the knowledge of salvation. He will prepare the way for the Lord. As we look at verse 3, and it talks about how he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance. Now, this is really where John started his calling as the forerunner of Jesus, to prepare the way, to be the advanced man, to go before Jesus. Um, As we think about that in our context today, the people that go before, like in politics, when someone goes before a politician and they talk about the things that the politician is going to say, you can think about that a little bit in the context of John the Baptist. He's going out, but he is going out as a, a bold proclaimer of the faith and talking about that people need to turn from their sin and repent and be baptized. But he is making a way for the Lord, making a way for Jesus to come um when If you look next in verses 4 through 6, Luke connects John the Baptist with the one that is prophesied for in Isaiah 40. And Luke says this in verse 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation. Of God, here John himself would have been aware of this from his early days because his pro- his father was aware, and his pro- as we read in Luke one, um, his father was aware that he would prepare the way of the Lord and he would give knowledge of salvation uh, to the people. He knew he would become the forerunner of Jesus and. Uh, As we continue to walk through these verses, the scene is turned toward John speaking to a crowd of people that are gathered. Um, As we see in Matthew chapter three, verse seven, it says that all the people went out to meet him. In Mark one, it says that all the country of Judea and Jerusalem were going out to be baptized in the Jordan River. These were crowds of people. And as this story kind of turns to that part of the ministry, this is what it says in verse seven through nine. It says, he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits and keep with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to rise up the children of Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of these trees and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I just have a picture here of John as a tough guy. He is a no nonsense um, guy that he calls it like he sees it. He is um, just calling, calling him out. And he's saying, John jumps right into, you see him jump right into saying, you brood of vipers. But then he jumps right into talking about good fruit and that good fruit comes from those who truly believe it. Um, you know, don't trust in the merits of Abraham for your salvation, but bear fruit here. Um, bear fruit. If you don't bear fruit, you'll be cut down and tossed into the to the fire. And these are strong words for a group of people coming coming from John. And just think about this picture, a group of friends heading out from um From the from the countryside and heading down to hear this man that they've heard about and want to come and listen to him preaching in the wilderness. And as soon as they get there and they're they're listening, he he um, shouts, you know, you brood of vipers. Um, that bear good fr- bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And that if you don't have good fruit, you will be cut down and tossed into the fire. I mean, that is a pretty strong words. And then you turn to the next part of this set of scriptures turns toward the crowd in, the, in verse 10 um, through 13 through 14. It says the crowds ask him, what shall we do then? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics, shall share who has none and whoever has food shall do likewise and tax collectors become to be baptized and said to him teacher what shall we do and he said to them collect no more than you are authorized to do soldiers also asked him what shall we do and he said to them do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be content with your wages in this section of verses john is really his demands are pretty simple he says if you have extra food share them If you're a tax collector, do what is right by the people you're collecting from. If you're a soldier, have integrity. Don't impose your will upon the people. Did he tell his soldiers and his tax collectors to stop doing what they were doing? No. He told them, um, he rebuked them for, for the way they were treating people. He told them to do right. As the people were, uh, the next, the next section is verses 15 through 17 is at, the, as the people were in expectation of all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. John answered them all. I will baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to unite. He will baptize you with the Holy spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands and his to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff will be burned. I love this verse 15. I think it's a really important part of the whole scripture where really John puts himself in a place. He knows his place before the Lord. He says in verse 15 um, that they're wondering or verse 16 where they're wondering if he's going to be Christ. And he answered, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I, that is Jesus Whose straps, I am not worthy. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's not pointing people toward himself. Just think of the opportunity he had here. Um, he had the opportunity to say, no, I am the Messiah and I can save you, but he didn't. He, he knew his place. Um, he also knew, shared that the bab- the Messiah would baptize with fire. He would purify what was lacking and the chaff um, would be uh, thrown up and, and burnt and God's power is transforming and purifying. Um, As we see the next, uh, the end of this chapter verses 19 through 22, it says, but Herod, the patriarch who had been reproved by him for Herodias, the brother's wife, and for the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all that he locked up John in prison. And when all the people were baptized and when John also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my blessed, my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And John made us such a bold stand for truth. He was punished by Herod and sent to prison. And we see this chapter end with the baptism of Christ. John the Baptist had something to say we can learn from him that he was filled with God. He was one then in Luke one 66, it says for the hand of the Lord was with him. And in Matthew 11, it says, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. He was filled with God and he was also filled with integrity and humility. John could have made this crowd of people that had surrounded him and come to hurt him. They could have made him his own, but he didn't. He chose to point toward Christ. He was full of integrity. He was full of humility. He knew his place before the Lord. And in uh, Mark chapter six, he called out uh, King Herod for the sin. And he said he was uh, not lawful to have your brother's wife. And so he had integrity to stand up and call King Herod out for his sin. So John the Baptist was a man with integrity, but he was also a man that was humble. He was a strong man and he was not trying to create this for himself. He knew his place before the Lord. And in John chapter one, verses 19 uh, through 23, it's a great passage where he says, I am not the Christ. And then the Levites from Jerusalem said, then what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Um, are, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Who are you then? And he says, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah has said. He knew and he understood his role to prepare the way of the Lord that made him a humble man. John the Baptist was a man that was filled with God. He was filled with integrity and humility. And it really causes me to ask the question in our daily life, are we filling ourselves with God? Are we reading scripture? Are we praying? Are we focusing our heart and our mind's attention on the Lord every day? Are we filling ourselves with God? And are we approaching our jobs? Are we approaching our home life with integrity? Are we approaching it with the way the Lord would have us to walk each day? And are we approaching it with our place? Our place is that we are a child of God and we are to be humble before our Lord, to point to Him and trust in Him in every aspect of our lives and everything we do. So today, let's let's practice being filled with the Lord. Um, pouring ourselves into the word, into prayer. Let's live our lives with integrity. And then let's practice this humility of being the child of God that trusts in him for everything.
0: Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.